At the end of his life, Moses stood before the people of Israel in order to give them one last pep talk. They'd been on quite a journey together from Egypt through the Red Sea into the wilderness to Mount Sinai where God had given the law. Then on toward the River Jordan to the edge of Canaan, which God's people were now prepared to enter. Moses knew that he would not be completing this last leg of the trip with them, so he wanted to leave his people with some words of encouragement. Blessings and curses, he reminded them. Those who obey the Lord will be blessed, and those who don't will be cursed. As long as you remember that, no matter what hardships await you in the land that you are about to enter, as long as you remember that, God will be with you and you will be blessed. But the people weren't so sure. There must have been some murmuring among the crowd. I imagine one person whispering to another, easy for him to say, he's Moses. And another might remember, he's been telling us to obey the Lord our God ever since he came down the mountain. But how has that worked out for us? But Moses wasn't finished. You haven't made it this far for God to abandon you now, Moses seems to say. You've come all this way. You now stand on the edge of the land you are about to enter. Surely God hasn't brought you this far only to leave you now. Quit worrying about this commandment. Quit saying that it's too hard for you. Quit worrying that you'll never find it. What God is asking of you isn't up in heaven. It's not across the deep. It's very near to you, even on your lips and in your hearts. It's who you are. Belonging to God isn't something you do. All you have to do is remember that. Remember that and everything will work out well for you. More than 1,200 years later, the apostle Paul had his own pep talk to write. The Christians in Rome were discouraged. They had come into the church because they had been convinced that the way of Jesus was the way that would lead to their salvation. But since then, things had gotten tough. Persecutions were on the rise. Faithful believers were being handed over to the Roman authorities for torture and even death. These nervous Christians were beginning to wonder whether they had made a mistake, whether choosing the way of Jesus had been a bad decision. But Paul wanted them to remember why they had come into the Christian faith faith to begin with. He wanted them to remember that salvation wasn't something they had to go and find. It was something that was already very near to them, on their lips and in their hearts. All they had to do was remember that, to trust that everything would work out well for them. But as we know so well, holding on to faith like that in the midst of deep struggle is anything but easy. But to make his point, 
Paul did something rather remarkable with the story of Israel's journey through the wilderness. He sets up for us a contrast of ideas, not as if they are a theological conflict, but as if they're a temporal dialectic, a tension that Paul believes together will help convey to us a fuller truth. In the reading we heard from Romans chapter 10, Paul quotes Moses from two very different moments during Israel's journey through the wilderness. First, he quotes from Leviticus 18, when Moses said, the person who does these things will live by them. Moses had said those words in the shadow of Mount Sinai. They were part of the long list of commandments that God had given God's people. This was a moment when Israel was still figuring out what it meant to belong to God and that belonging to God meant behaving in a very particular way. But in the very next sentence, Paul quotes from the other end of Israel's journey, from Deuteronomy 30, when Moses addressed God's people at the end of their time together, right before they crossed the River Jordan. That's when Moses had said, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven or who will descend into the abyss. The word is near you on your lips and in your heart. At that point, having finished their trek across the desert, Israel could look back at that time in the wilderness and know what it meant for God to be with them even when they struggled to do the right thing. Paul gives those two moments, those two ideas, labels. Labels that can be a little confusing. Paul calls the first one the righteousness that comes from the law and the second the righteousness that comes from faith. But Paul doesn't give those ideas to us as if they're opposed to one another. He describes them as if they're two moments on the same journey. Having reached the end of their struggles in the wilderness, the people of Israel were able to look back and see that God had always been near them, that God's word was on their lips and in their hearts, that because of that they could do and be what God asked of them. Paul believed that the same was true for the Christians in Rome if they could believe that the cross of Jesus had given way to the empty tomb, then they could know that God and God's word would be with them no matter what. If they could believe that God had raised Jesus from the dead, then they could maintain their faith in God no matter what hardships they faced. How might the same be true for us as well? All we really want to know is that everything will be okay. That's why we ask our beloved over and over whether they really love us. That's why we seek our parents' affirmation even after they've given it to us for the thousandth time. That's why our cat brings in wiggly presents from the backyard when we get home from vacation. All of us, we do whatever it takes to know that the ones who hold us and our hearts in their hands will take care of us, that they will shield us from whatever threatens us. 
only after we've come through significant struggles, only after we've seen how they prove that love for us, no matter what takes place, can we begin to live into the confidence of that certainty. Only then can the relationship between us blossom as one that doesn't depend upon our attempts to win another's affection, but on a love that transcends those attempts. We live in a time when strife, sickness, anxiety, and isolation are mounting. Things aren't really getting better, and it doesn't seem like they're going to get better anytime soon. We are all desperate to know that in the end, everything will be okay. And it feels like we've reached a point where there's nothing we can do to convince ourselves of that. And that's why we need faith. Having reached the limits of our own efforts, we need to return to the one who loves us without limit. We need to lean on the one whose salvation can never be broken. We need to rely on the one whose care for us is bigger than our moments of struggle and is founded instead upon goodness and mercy. Paul knew the transcendent power of believing in Jesus Christ. He knew that Jesus was the ultimate sign of God's abiding presence. He knew that the same God who had turned Christ's death on the cross into a triumph over the grave, that that God would always save God's people from any danger because in Christ, God would always be with them. You, too, are one of God's people. Look back over the journey that you have been a part of a spiritual journey from bondage into freedom, from death into life. As a child of God, you have already traveled with those spiritual ancestors through valleys of great peril and into a land of promise and plenty. God has not brought you this far to abandon you now. You may face dangers and hardships, but you do not face them alone. God is very near to you, on your lips and in your heart. Belonging to God isn't something you do. Because of Christ, it's who you are. All you have to do is remember that, and everything will work out well for you. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.